said, Rachel, it looks like they're looking for a fugitive. Because they all got sunglasses on and they're walking back and forth. We would much rather do the thing where we just lay back and go. And that's the way we are with our lives. Typically, the most convenient thing there is to do, that's the thing we're going to do. And I've often said that we, we would much rather just lay back and float down the lazy river of life than we would turn and walk the difficult way. Go the way God is calling us. And the way God is calling us is rarely the way the current is taking us. God is calling us to difficult, to a difficult life. To a life where we are challenged beyond what we think we are capable of. God calls us this way. When Jesus comes to earth, His first sermon is real short. Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent. That means wherever life was floating you toward, you get off the raft and turn around and go the more difficult path. It means wherever, wherever you were heading, wherever, whatever direction you were going in, that means your direction now needs to change and you need to start stop following your instincts and start following the teachings and the life of Jesus. And that is not easy to do. And it takes a long time to get good at. It takes a long time uh, until the, the life of Jesus is something that becomes second nature. It'll rarely be first nature. But your second nature becoming like Jesus is a lifelong process. And repentance is hard. I want to look at the Ninevites today. The Ninevites are, um, they live in Nineveh, as you might guess. Uh, this is in Assyria. Assyria was a, uh, her, just a pagan nation that they, they really focused on themselves. They did whatever they pleased to do, and God wanted them to be preached to. Word of the Lord. This is after uh, Jonah gets thrown up out of a out of a fish. The Lord, word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Try to get to the point in your life where the Lord does not have to come to you with the same word twice. Go to the great city of Nineveh and proclaim to it the message I give you. Jonah obeyed the word of the Lord and went to Nineveh. Now Nineveh was a very large city. It took Three days to go through it. Jonah began by going a day's journey into the city. Proclaiming, this is his sermon. This is it. This is it. Forty more days and Nineveh will be overthrown. Turns off his lapel mic and he walks out of the city. The Ninevites believed God. A fast was proclaimed. And all of them, from the greatest to the least, put on sackcloth. When Jonah's warning reached the king of Nineveh, he rose from his throne, took off his royal robes, covered himself with sackcloth, and sat down in the dust. This is the proclamation he issued in Nineveh. By the decree of the king and his nobles, do not let people or animals, herds or flock, taste anything. Do not let them 
eat or drink, but let people and animals be covered with sackcloth. Let everyone call urgently upon God. Let them give up their evil ways and their violence. Who knows? God may yet relent and with compassion turn from his fierce anger so that we will not perish. When God saw what they did and how they turned from their evil ways, he relented and did not bring on them the destruction he had threatened. A whole city turns to God. Huge city. city that takes three days to walk across. He walked a day in just to preach this sermon and it spread throughout the whole city. Now, most scholars, Old Testament scholars, believe that Jonah is a parable told probably by Obadiah. And the reason they think this is because there is absolutely no historical record of the Assyrian capital converting to Yahweh. Ever. Like, they were always the worst. Now, this might have been like a three-day thing that they didn't write down. Who knows? But whether parable or history, the story goes that Nineveh repented and said, who knows? Let's give up our evil ways and our violence. Let's give up the old way of life. Let's repent and turn to God. And maybe God's face will turn to us. They decided to stop going the way that they just instinctively or naturally went and turn to God. And they started that by fasting. By making themselves uncomfortable with sackcloth. That's a big deal. Because if you cannot eat, especially in America, if you cannot eat, you cannot do anything. If you can stop eating, you can stop anything. If you can rely on God for strength when it's, whenever you want to rely on food, you can rely on God for strength when you want to rely on money. Every once in a while I want to have a competition with them. If you want to rely, if you, if you want to eat and you don't, you are practicing a self-control when you rely on God instead of food. And I would, I would argue that the same principle applies to your life. If you are struggling to repent of something, don't give up that something until you've given up food for prayer for a while. Take a day. Don't eat. Just pray. Take three days. Don't eat. Just pray. I probably should consult my doctor. You'll be fine. Drink water. You'll be fine. You're going to feel like you're going to die. You'll be fine. Pray. We have to start flexing that muscle that makes us lean on God instead of other things. And that's one way to do it. It's one way to practice. Over and over again, we've got to give up what we want for what we need. 
Repentance is tough because it's a, it's a, it's a complete change in direction. It, you completely change where you're heading. And your whole life has been easy because you've just gone where life took you. Yeah, he's a racist, but his dad was, you know how his dad was like that. Well, stop it. Yeah, he has anger issues, but that's just how his family was raised. Repent. God doesn't call us to be like our parents. God doesn't call us to be a result of our raising. God calls us to be like Jesus, to be a result of the cross. And when we repent, we are turning and heading in a direction that is going to be difficult. And there are going to be things that, that we do that make it harder for us to follow Jesus. And we are going to learn along the way that those are the things we need to get rid of. Because you, you may be thinking, I'm just not. I'm, I'm, I want to follow Jesus. I'm just having the hardest time. I'm not fully there. Yeah. It's because we're still holding on to the things that were dragging us the other way. We're still holding on thinking those things can make us happy, thinking those things can bring us joy, thinking those things can solve anxiety and bring us peace. They will not. There's a young man drafted into the NBA, and I forget his name. Um, there was a lot of them. A lot of them got drafted. But there was a young man drafted in the NBA, and after he was dra drafted... He uh, posted a picture of himself, and it was hilarious because he has this huge, like, hairdo straight up. Um, it's a, you know, like, remember, remember Kitten Play? It was like that, but just with dreads. And he had his hat on it, and so it was sitting up on his head, and he took a picture of himself, and he said, Mom, no more worries. No more cold nights. No more anxiety. We made it. I love the sentiment. But the only thing he's right about is probably no more cold nights. Because now he's feeling joy and I don't want to squelch that. I wouldn't say this to his face. But, but the only thing he's right about is that, there's, that they'll probably have a heater from now on. But they'll have anxiety. And they'll have worries. They'll have stress. Because even when you turn from the old life to the new, once you make, make a huge shift, the new worries are about people who are hurting. People who need Jesus, who need food. Like you, you stop worrying about yourself being fed and start worrying about other people being fed. And it takes, it, 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 it's not a, it, it, you still have the human emotion. But repentance is whenever you, you've still got all that old baggage and you're trying. It's like you're walking backward in a lazy river, but you've got all these buoys tied to you and you've got to figure out that, you're, that, that the things that you are, that you need to let go of, like lust and like anger and like uh, racism, which Jonah is a book about racism slash nationalism. Like, I don't want to go to those people. It's a commentary on Israel's navel-gazing of sorts. And 
we we got to let all that go. Or we're going to have a hard time swimming upstream in culture. We say we want to be countercultural, but then we do Christmas just like everybody else, assuming that, that the more presents we get our kids, the more we love them. We do, we do everything like everybody else. But going against the culture is tough. Going against the culture is difficult. You will look different. You will look strange. But that's the only way to know that you've repented, that you've changed. Your life, you'll have sackcloth and you won't be eating. You're not going to join in to the worship of money. You're not going to join in to the worship of food because we would rather be obedient than comfortable. I would rather head in the wrong direction culturally than, than head in the right direction and just be accepted. I want to obey God. And you know, sometimes that doesn't look like we think it looks like. Because forgiveness, forgiving one's enemy the fastest is the way to get, the way to stand out in culture the most. Not gossiping is the way to stand out in culture the most. Sometimes we, like when I was growing up, like not standing out in culture was, like, like going against the culture was like, well, you don't smoke cigarettes. Unless you're a deacon, then you do that outside right after church. I always thought that's why we were called the Camelites. That's an old joke I just reused, but I like it. Repentance is going in the direction God has called you to go. Not, not about like, well, don't smoke, don't drink, don't dance, don't listen to this music, don't listen to that, um, don't go to that movie. Go, like, it's not a list of things I've got to stop doing. Repentance is a life I'm, I'm, I'm going to start leading. And that means I've got to I've got to go in a new direction. I, I live by the rules of love now. I live and am ruled by the, by the teachings of Jesus. I turn the other cheek. I'm called to, to give to God the things I'm worried about. I'm called to, to love my enemy and pray for those who persecute me. I'm called to forgive like I want to be forgiven. Unconditionally. Without having to be an ass. That is a current in which it is difficult to swim upstream. But thank God we have a spirit who pushes us and drives us. Thank God we have a king who lets us follow in his wake. Because if he can conquer death, I can conquer lust. If he can conquer death, I can conquer my anger. 
If he can conquer death, I can conquer that thing I have in me where I just think bad about people if they're just dressed a certain way. I am called to love like that. And that's going to take a lot of work. It's going to take me realizing that I've got things that are dragging me down now that I've turned around. The things that were pulling me in that direction, I've got, I've got to turn around and I've got to go in the other direction. And there are things that are pulling me back and I've got to let those go. The reason you stop sinning is not so that God will love you. The reason you stop sinning is because God loves you enough to call you in the right direction. And for you to go that way, you've got to cut some ties with some old habits. You've got to let them go. So that you can walk way you've been called to walk. you got to stop valuing the things that are pulling you away from Jesus so that you can walk to Jesus against the current of the culture. Go the other way. Turn around. Repent. Repentance in and of itself is just you being willing to turn. You might not make any headway right at first. Until you let go of the things that are dragging you down, that are pulling you in the opposite direction, and you head toward the one who has called you. That, that is living a kingdom life. That's living a saved life. You'll find that it is difficult but you'll find that it's free. And the only things in life worth doing are difficult and free. Repenting and turning toward Jesus and walking toward Jesus. Getting rid of the things that weigh you down. Paul says, I've, I've run the race finished the course. He saw it as a path to run. So you choose today, whether this week, and you'll choose every day, but I think Sunday's a good day with your church family. Sunday's a good day. Say this week, I will choose obedience over comfort. This week I will go against the current instead of with it. This week I will go where Jesus has called me instead of just floating down the lazy river of life. Letting whatever emotion comes to your mind at the moment make the decisions for you. Yeah. I knew I was going to get an amen there. I just didn't know it would sound like that. You... You are called to go that way this week because you claim Jesus. So are you going to obey? Or are you going to choose comfort? Because wide is the path that leads to destruction. Narrow is the path that leads to the kingdom of God. Join us this week on the narrow path.
It's not an exclusive path like we say, oh, well, we're the best ones, but it's just going to be the path less taken. Turns out Robert Frost stole that from Jesus. Do you know Robert Frost died on a path? Walking, he walked off a cliff. There's a reason no one took that path. That's not true, but it would be hilarious if it was. He ignored all the warning signs. We, we want to be that church. Like, if you're having trouble letting some of that stuff go, I'll, I'll fast with you. Let's do that together. Let's mourn our own giving in to culture and, and celebrate together our newfound strength walking toward Jesus. If you need that this morning, if you want to give your life to Jesus, walk on up here. And don't let Satan hold you back. Please come forward while we stand and sing.